0: Hello and welcome to the AMA update video and podcast. Today we're talking about how one physician leader and the AMA's integrated physician practice section are fighting to maintain access to PrEP, a key medication in preventing HIV infection in high-risk patients. I'm joined today by Dr. Stephen Perotti, Executive Vice President of External Affairs, Communications, and Brand at the Permanente Federation and Associate Executive Director for Permanente Medical Group in Oakland, California. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Welcome back, Dr. Perotti.
1: It's very good to be with you, Todd, today.
0: Well, for uh, physicians out there who may not be aware, uh, Why don't we just start by giving a little bit of background on the medication known as PrEP and its role in decreasing new HIV infections. Talk to us a little bit about the science behind this and why it's so revolutionary.
1: Sure. pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is basically a preventative medication for HIV infection, has been around for a while. The first randomized controlled trial was actually published in 2010, believe it or not, um, and the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force actually looked at all of the evidence in 2019, and there are now 14 randomized controlled trials that show that PrEP is extremely effective at preventing HIV infection if taken appropriately. So for sexual encounters, it reduces the risk of HIV infection by 99% um, and for injection drug use by 74%. So it's been incorporated into my practice as an infectious disease physician. We actually have a pharmacist that um, helps manage the patients, um, making sure that they get the access to the medication, the education around the medication. but equally important todd it's the lifestyle counseling that goes with this so we're not just talking about hiv prevention we're talking about all sexually transmitted infections um, and lifestyle modifications um, as well as safe sex and when you put that all together um, it's a tremendous co- uh, combination to be able to prevent hiv infection altogether
0: well when you look at the uh, kind of research that kind of data and that combination that you were talking about it's very very persuasive. But now there's a bit of a wrinkle because there's a legal case involving insurance coverage for PrEP under the Affordable Care Act. Talk to us about what the issue is here in this case.
1: That's right. So there's a case that's called Braidwood versus Becerra, um, and there were actually two relatively obscure legal doctrines that were used um, raising questions around the appropriateness of insurance coverage for PrEP. So, the first was looking at the Religious Freedom Act. Um, and actually, a suit was brought relative to a particular employer saying that um, having to provide PrEP um, actually violated um, their religious doctrines around um, prevention of HIV infection and, more importantly, uh, potential behaviors that are leading to HIV infection, such as homosexual behavior. Um, and the court actually ruled that, in fact, um, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force uh, recommendation violated the Religious Freedom Act, that an employer can't be required um, to provide the service. The second thing, which is even more obscure, was that the court ruled that this violated the Constitution's Appointments Clause. Um, So it turns out the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force is actually appointed by the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Um, they're not subject to appointment by the president and confirmation by the Senate. Um, and because the Affordable Care Act actually requires insurance coverage for any U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommendation of level A and B, which in this case, PrEP is a level A recommendation, the secretary has no authority to actually countermand the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force. And so they said that actually they that's not appropriate. Um, the secretary actually has to be able to have ultimate decision-making authority. And because of that violation, not only is PrEP thrown into question, um, but the court ruling was that all U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommendations are now at risk.
0: Wow, that is, uh, that is a huge challenge. And you talked a little bit about your infectious disease uh, practice. Obviously, something like this would have huge implications for you, Correct.
1: Absolutely. So when I think about it for my own uh, clinical practice, I worry about patients not having access. You know, the particular medication (laughs) that's used for PrEP is expensive, um, and most people can't afford it without insurance coverage. Um, So undoubtedly, um, we know even as of this current date, um, on an annual basis, there are 34,000 new infections with HIV every year in the U.S. That would undoubtedly go up. Um, And we already know that only about a quarter of people that are actually eligible for PrEP take it now. So if that number were to go down, I worry about how many people I would be having to take care of, not from a preventative standpoint, but actually infection standpoint. Now, the the second bigger picture question that really uh, worried me um, is that this is not just about PrEP. Um, We're talking about access to vaccines, um, access to other critical services. Think about cervical cancer screening. You know, other things that are required right now under the ACA are now thrown into doubt.
0: You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. So uh, you've been involved with the AMA for some time now. I'm curious, kind of uh, faced with a challenge like that, did the idea come to mind, hey, I, I can use the AMA policy process to help resolve something like this or at least fight that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Todd. So I'm uh, going to be honest with you. First, I had to get over my anger over the the um, ruling. And then I said, okay, what, what can we do? And can we take action? And actually, can we take action collectively as the House of Medicine? And so, um, you know, we've, uh, the Permanente Medical Group um, has become a part of the AMA. Um, I've actually been a member of the AMA for more than 20 years. And thought that would be a good venue. Um, And so I talked to some of my colleagues within the integrated uh, physician practice section. Um, They were also supportive of the idea of putting together a resolution. Number one, to raise awareness within the House of Delegates uh, about this matter, um, and hopefully uh, a willingness to take collective action to support PrEP as an essential health benefit under the ACA. Um, And also, secondly, to raise awareness, because I'm not a lawyer, um, with the legal staff uh, at the AMA to see if we could uh, garner their help and support um, for potentially filing a brief um, with the the Court of Appeals uh, regarding this decision.
0: Well, it's got to be pretty gratifying then to see that that resolution was adopted by the House of Delegates at the November interim meeting. And subsequently, the AMA has since filed an amicus brief in this case What's your understanding of the impact of your resolution on that filing?
1: So, you know, one thing I want to first comment on is uh, it was so gratifying to be a part of the House of Delegates um, and to get the input from my fellow colleagues. Um, So there was a lot of general support and also some recommendations for how to better improve uh, the resolution um, that was finally passed. So that I thought was a great process for being able to exchange uh, with. Again, physicians with different modes of practice across the entire country and to be able to discuss this substantive issue is really critical. Um, as far as the amicus brief, um, my understanding is that this is winding its way through the court system and the appellate system. Um, I, I think uh, I can't imagine how the AMA and the House of Medicine's voice um, won't have an impact um, in particular on this really critical issue where we're talking about the fate of preventative services for all of the patients that we care
0: for. Now, uh, for physicians who are out there and who might not be so familiar with the AMA policy process, what's your advice to them on how to advocate uh, for issues like this uh, that have really affect their practices and their patients uh, to address those through policy?
1: You know, Todd, I would say that, you know, get involved. Um, And and number one, uh, you know, pick up the phone, um, call your fellow physicians. Uh, If you know someone who's a part of the AMA, who's part of the House of Delegates, don't be afraid, don't be shy. Um, There's so many people that are willing to help you. Um, And and it's not just your fellow physicians. The AMA staff, I have to just say, were extremely helpful for me. You know, I'm a, a neophyte when it comes to, uh, putting together and writing a resolution, um, and there were a lot of people that were willing to lend a, a helping hand about you know what's going to be effective, what will resonate uh, with the, you know my fellow physicians and colleagues, um, and also how to work with the the legal staff. Um, I I think there's just a lot of help out there. But my my main uh, message to everybody here is definitely get involved. Um, you know this example here of um, prep. Um, And the the court ruling is just one of, I think, many things to come. Um, Healthcare is at the forefront um, when it comes to policymakers, when it comes to now our court system. Um, And it's really critical and important that physicians are actually involved with these processes. And I think the AMA is an excellent mechanism to make that happen.
0: Well, it's a great story. And you're exactly right. What a terrific example of Uh, acting with a unified voice and the power of the House of Delegates to make really important changes that are going to have a big impact on patients. Dr. Prody, thanks so much for being here uh, today and for all that you're doing with Permanente on behalf of physicians and patients. It's such a pleasure to talk with you. As always, we'll be back soon with another AMA update. You can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care.